The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers foiled its mysterious plans twice, bringing Jack the Ripper to justice and stopping it from unleashing panic from an ancient tomb. But now our four heroes have evil's full attention. Can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. You all find yourselves in this red, shrouded, misty field that seems to stretch on forever, but you can't tell because mist just surrounds you. As you look around and regain your bearings, you realize that you look the same, but you all feel very, very different. Why don't each of you go around and say how you feel different? So James, um, so we all look the same, right? Yes. We all look. So James looks. I mean, like looking in a mirror, James would appear the same. But in his mind, James feels, and he chalks it more up, maybe up to confidence, just the last few weeks of everything with McCord and the, and you know, kind of the mental breakdown afterwards, and maybe he feels like he's just not quite got his confidence back, but he feels off, like. Like he's forgot something vital, like in these in these situations, something he relies on, like is fighting. Um, I don't think that he is for sure that something's off there, but he is definitely feeling like a lot less confident going into this than than normally. Ignacia, how are you feeling? Ignacia is feeling stronger, hardier. It's weird because it's something that she isn't used to at all and then um as she appears to from this mist the astral floating axe that she usually has for her um spiritual weapon is just automatically just like floating around her finn how are you feeling i think uh so finn is looking at the axe that's circling ignacia and just sort of in awe of it and he reaches down to make sure that his important possessions are there and his uh, his new pistol that Hellfire pistol is at his side is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's okay there he checks his pocket for his his uh, cigarette case with the photo that's important to him he checks his hat of course that's important but as he goes to like pull the case out it, it goes out of his pocket and he drops it and normally he doesn't even have to look at something. He can just grab it out of the air. His reflexes are just unmatched typically, but he misses it <laughs> and it drops to the floor and he goes down to grab it and put, put it back in his pocket. And he's pretty confused by that, but he, he's feeling a little bit, well, a lot actually, um, uh, less confident. He's normally very confident in his abilities. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's taken back by that. And Agnes, how do you feel? So Agnes has always known that she can, in a tight spot, rely on her wits and her common sense to get her through pretty much anything. Um, physically, 
it's kind of a different it's always been a different story for her like she's not you know she's not super strong not necessarily like super healthy like if she gets hit she'll fall down and right now she feels healthier i guess than she ever has for one like she could you know drink poison probably be okay um and also probably like she could fight a bear and not only survive but maybe actually kill that bear uh not that she'd want to fight a bear but she's reasonably confident that she has something there was something there that was not there before and she kind of i think she looks over at james and kind of has this like is this what he feels like all the time for the listeners at home what's happened here is now that they're inside of beatrice's mind their mental stats have taken over their physical stats and so wisdom has become their constitution intelligence has become their strength and charisma has become their dexterity yep and james who normally relies on his strength and not as much as his intelligence is now not feeling very strong because uh, that that metagame strength level is quite quite low i think about 10 points lower than it was sawyer is pretty much unchanged <laughs> his, his dexterity and charisma are both his highest stats and they were what affected the other so but his uh, his dexterity is definitely lower all right so the first thing that you know you need to do is find out what's going on with Beatrice. Um, As you all remember, she was possessed by the Red Death. And so in order to help her, you need to root that out of her somehow. So what's your plan? You're surrounded by Red Mist um, and there's nothing else that you can see around you. I think First of all, Agnes is going to reach out and I'm going to say that Ignacia is the closest person to her uh, and kind of just grab hold of her arm uh, because she's we've had situations before where we've gotten split up in uh, suspicious locations. So I kind of and if I'm going to say that James is probably on the other side. So it's kind of like two arms on both people. Are we doing the holding hands thing? (laughs) I think it would be wise. All right. (laughs) Um. And I think Ignacia is also going to use her axe because it gives off a little bit of a glow as well to like sort of push forward ahead of them to hopefully like split the mist and like give some light to whatever's ahead. So it's probably like 10 feet in front of them just floating on as they're walking. So are we, are we looking for, I don't know, like a, I mean, it would Beatrice be inside her own head? maybe what we need to look for is some kind of manifestation that represents her and Agnes as she's saying this kind of like rolls her eyes because she's buying into this right now um okay so um do we see anything other than red mist or are we gonna have to start moving in a direct like start moving or so uh articulate what you're looking for oh I mean, honestly, I think James would be looking for anything that's not red mist. Um, I mean, a building or a person or just anything that's not, you know, any shape within the red mist. Just a point of direction. Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer's looking for the definition of manifestation. So, Ignacia, could you help? (laughs) (laughs) 
Wait, did James say manifestation? That doesn't feel right for James. No, no, no. Uh, Agnes said it. <laughs> I have a question for you, Game Master. Okay. While Finn is uh, putting his uh, cigarette case back in his pocket, he checks his other pocket and makes sure that the uh, the ring is there. Is it in his pocket? It is. So the ring is still in Sawyer's pocket, and uh, he, he puts the tip of his ring finger on his left hand kind of around the inside of the ring, not fully on, but he's just sort of feeling it. Uh, does it feel any different to him? Give me a perception check. Let's see what my perception is with this. Oh, nothing changed there. 17. Okay. So as you put your finger into it, you feel the ring, but the weight that you would expect it to press down, sort of as you partially put it on, you don't feel at all. So much so that in order to make sure it's what you're actually putting your finger into, you pull it out with it on, um, and it's there, but you can't feel it. Hmm. I don't say anything to anyone else about this. I just leave the ring on. Okay. And I'm holding uh, Ignacia's hand. Okay. It's like a kindergarten field trip. We'll just hold hands, make sure we don't get lost in the medium of horrors. <laughs> are we doing like a Red Rover situation where we're all like lined up side by side? Or are we doing like a train situation here? <laughs> uh, can, we, can we settle this with Red Rover, Red <laughs> Rover, Doug? Whenever we meet, whatever the bad thing is here. If you... If you want to call out Red Rover, Red Rover, uh, <laughs> go right ahead. That feels like a bad invitation. <laughs> but now how can we not? That is true. <laughs> See, I'm I'm picturing it more as like the Wizard of Oz, but really, really evil. Like, <laughs> is that a thought we hear in Beatrice's head? If you wish to call Red Rover, Red Rover, you may. Speaking of Beatrice, I think what Agnes is looking for is some kind of something that looks like her, like a silhouette, or something that maybe even looks like um, William, or just anybody who's like a familiar face, because she knows that trusting anything that looks like someone she knows is a bad idea here. Okay. Yeah, so um, off in the distance, as you're starting to look for her, you hear the sound of a child crying not in pain, but in sort of loss and fear. The rest of you don't hear it. But Agnes, you're sure you hear it. And this is kind of just kind of a, a child, not a specific, it doesn't sound like a specific child that I know or am familiar with. Correct. Um, can I tell what direction it's coming from roughly, even though it's misty? Straight ahead. I'm gonna, I nod kind of at the horizon or whatever I think the horizon is and say, do you hear that? The the crying child? I don't know. No. No. Well, that's disconcerting, isn't it? Well, considering it's the only thing we have to go off of so far, how do we all feel about taking a few steps closer in that direction? We can do that. Um, and Ignacy's going to start pushing her, I guess, her axe out further. I'm trying to see how fast it moves. So it can stay within 60 feet of me. So, um, 
Yeah, so I'm just going to probably push it out probably like 30 feet now in front of us. Okay. Yeah, so that's about half as far as you can see. The mist sort of obscures 60 feet all around you. And as you start moving in the direction of what Agnes hears is the crying child, you walk for just a minute and the crying gets louder. And eventually you start to see two figures still shrouded by the mist, but starting to be visible. The figure of a small child on the ground and a very, very large figure next to it with what appears to be an arm draped around it. But unless you keep walking, uh, you won't be able to see any, any more detail. I'm torn between calling out to see if they notice us now or sneak, not kind of, I guess, sneaking up on them or trying to get a glimpse of their faces before we alert. I feel like that's the smarter thing to do. So without saying anything, Agnes looks towards the others and kind of does that like head nod of like just a little bit more. Like, let's keep going. Sawyer tries to meet eyes with Agnes and has his hand kind of tapping the handle of his pistol and his eyebrow raises like like is this are we are we going are we shooting it as the two of you make eye contact Sawyer you immediately and very disconcertingly hear the sound of this crying just snap into reality not fade in just pop in immediately at the full volume that Agnes is hearing it so as his eyes his eyes get bigger before Agnes can even do anything then and he draws the pistol and uh, keeps it trained on the dark figure. Okay. Give me a dexterity save. Ooh, a 15 on the die. Uh, it's a plus six now. So, uh, so 21. Okay. So you yank this pistol out of the holster and for a moment you let go of it thinking that you haven't grabbed it because it nothing, it feels like there's nothing in your hand. Hmm. But you see it come up to level where it should be, and it's there. You're holding it. You feel it in your hand, but it's weightless, just like the ring. Well, yeah, he yeah, that that definitely would give him pause. So if anybody wants to stop him from doing bad, I, I think Ignacia wants seeing him draw the gun. She's just going to put a hand out and just like lower his gun for a bit and then look at um oh my god what are names what are names <laughs> she's she's gonna look at james and be like what do you think i think james is gonna kind of shrug um and i guess he i guess he'd look over at sawyer and kind of a questioning look like and be like what's going on you don't you don't hear that that little child's crying. I don't know what that thing is, but... I, I still don't hear a child crying. I don't know what you both are talking about. And she's going to look from James to Sawyer and then Sawyer to Agnes. Just be like... Let me know when you make eye contact with someone. Uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, who do you make eye contact with? I think it was for Sawyer and then... Yeah, it was for Sawyer. Okay. So as you make eye contact with him, 
the same thing happens to you. Immediately the sound of this uh, young girl sobbing snaps into your hearing and full volume, 60 feet away, a girl just heaving sobs of, of terror. And as soon as Ignacia hears that, her head just snaps in that direction, just looking kind of concerned. I want to try an experiment. Okay. Making eye contact with Sawyer still. I'm going to ask with my mind to see whether there is tele- telepathy or telepathy. Telepathy, that's the word here of some sort. Uh, and just ask mentally, by thinking real hard, uh, can you hear me? Okay, before you do that, you f- you have the overwhelming sense that you could but that it would cost you. Mm. Okay, well, as soon as I... <laughs> I'm not going to be too reckless in a space like this, I don't think. Um, so instead, I will opt to gently whisper and, like, have a little group huddle or, like, try to wave people in for a little huddle. Um, and I'll say... Even though that is likely not really a child... I think we ought to be cautious about hurting or killing something that looks like a child in Beatrice's mind because that can't possibly be good for one's psyche. I'd say that James just being within a huddle would probably end up looking in somebody's eyes. Yeah, let's say he makes eye contact with Ignacia. Okay. And as you do, immediately the sobbing snaps in. Okay. James is part of the party now. Whoop, whoop. So was this all not real? Is that what we're saying? I think it's not physically real, but like emotionally and possibly like memory based as well. If, if If anything I learned is correct, I think it may be something like that. So we just need to be gentle with whatever it is so we don't if it's something valuable to Beatrice, we don't destroy anything, like any memories of sorts. So don't shoot the big dark figure. Until we know exactly what it is. You want to poke it with your glowing axe? I rather observe, talk to it if need be, but violence should come as a last resort. So I think Sawyer looks over at James and he says, like, just, just says, are you feeling as out of your element as I am? Yeah, I mean, I'm not much for solving things diplomatically, I guess, but I'm going to trust Ignacia here. All right. Take a route of observation first. Well, I, I suppose that means you two have have point on this and just, you know, tell us what to shoot and punch. But could someone make that child stop crying? It's a little unnerving. That that is true. It is concerning. Um, Agnes, what what do you suggest? You know Beatrice a lot more. Well, my suspicion is that we are about to walk in, somehow, on some sort of memory from her childhood. Either exactly as it did happen, or exaggerated in some way or another as the years have gone on. Uh, but either way, it's going to be a delicate situation. And I don't know whether or not perhaps these, what should we call them? 
these these individuals, these these specters or figments, they might treat us as invaders, kind of as if we were parasites or you know some kind of unwanted presence. And it's possible they could be hostile towards us. So I think sneaking is the way to go. I think we ought to sneak a little bit more and get a little bit of a better look before we make any other decisions. Okay. And I think Ignacia's going to leave her axe where it is for the time being, just to get a little bit closer. And if she gets out of range of it, it's going to follow like right at the cusp of the range. So how how close are you keeping the axe? Sorry. Um, I'm gonna it's uh, I'm gonna leave it where it currently is, mm-hmm. just so I don't throw anything else off. But um. So it does have a range of 60 feet. So like I can keep it there and then scoot up 60 feet away from it. But if I get out of that range, it's just going to mm-hmm. start scooting up behind me. Okay. So you're going to sort of like leave it 30 feet out and approach towards it, narrowing the distance between you and it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. as you come up towards the ax, you're able to see more clearly. You get close to where the ax is and you see a small girl um, who looks like, looks to be about the age of five six on the ground and the crying's coming from her and there's a giant teddy bear about 15 feet tall with its arm around her holding her and leaning into her is it moving or just just i mean would we get the sense that it's alive or this is just a big ass teddy bear i just it's it's very much alive. It is, it's got its arm, it's big soft paw wrapped around her and it's consoling her. It's trying to, to calm her down, but it is not working. So is it talking? It is not. Oh man, I was hoping it was talking and you would do its voice. <laughs> I think Agnes at this point is going to take a few steps closer and to the point where she will be the assumption she'll be seen by these two and approaching in the most non-threatening way possible. Well, while, while Agnes is doing that, Sawyer takes a couple steps away. He's not holding Ignacia's hand Mm -hmm. anymore. He's putting himself in a, in a place where he can probably support the position at an angle from range. As you take a couple steps closer, the, the girl and the, 15 foot tall teddy bear acknowledge that something is there and both snap and turn towards you the little girl's face turns and looks directly into yours and you've seen pictures of her from when she was younger this is unmistakably a six year old Beatrice um I'm just going to say hello do you know who I am She's sort of sitting on the ground. Her eyes widen as she sees you. And she says, I I know you're not Agnes. And she frantically sort of crab crawls backwards and the teddy bear rushes towards you. Roll initiative. How did I know the teddy bear was gonna attack us? (laughs) Agnes gets to test that fight a bear theory. Oh oh my God. Wow. <laughs> 12. Not what I had in mind when I said fight a bear. 22. 
four. Uh, eight. Okay. Uh, that's right. I need to write things down when initiative happens. Um, all right. So, uh, the bear rolled a natural 20. So he's going first. Um, who had the next highest roll? I think, uh, Sawyer did. Okay. What'd you have, Sawyer? 20, 22. Okay. It would have been a 24, but you nerfed my decks. Yeah, somebody somebody took your stats. <laughs> Why don't you complain about it? James, what no. did you get? <laughs> I got a 12. Okay. And then we had an 8 from Agnes yep. and a 4 from uh, Ignacia, right? All right. Agnes, you're the closest to it. So this bear um, comes barreling directly toward you. Um, and brings both of its paws up and swings them down in an effort to smash you. Uh, it hits an armor class of 14 and an armor class of 20. Yeah, both both of those are going to get me. Okay, uh, you take 32 damage. Okay, cool. And I'm going to need a constitution save from you. 21 for the constitution save. Thank God. Okay, you're good. Yep. All right, uh, Finn, you are up. All right, gun's already out. Training it on... Why do I have a plus 10 to this? Oh, the, you, the pistol had a plus 2 to it. Okay, I was trying to think. My, my natural modifier would be any. Okay, so plus 10. Uh, 11 plus 10, so 21. Yeah, that hits. And I get a second attack, but it's at the end of initiative. Awesome. Uh, so this is 1d8 plus 5. 8. <laughs> okay. Eight and then 3, so 11 plus 5. So 16. Okay, and you did your exploding damage on that? Yeah, I got a 3 on the second. Okay, cool. So how much was it? Uh, 16 total. 16 total, okay. Good hit. All right, uh, James, you're up. Uh, so James is going to run up and punch. Okay. Do you summon your brass knuckles? Oh, my gloves? Um, sure, if I can. Mm-hmm. I don't. What do they do for me? They give me a plus one, I think, or something. Yeah, they give you a, a plus one as long as you're doing non-lethal. Okay. So that is 11 minus one. Uh, 10 plus, I think we're at a 13. So you're proficient with unarmed attacks, and then you have a plus one for the... Okay, so, yeah, so 14. Okay. So you take this big swing at this thing, um, and you you feel like this is going to be just an amazing knockout hit. And you connect, but it doesn't feel as strong. Um, it, feels, it feels weird. But go ahead and roll damage. Okay. Uh, 11. Okay. Unless I'm supposed to minus stuff off of it because I'm a weakling now. Uh, if your strength modifier was increasing your damage, it would change. Okay. So probably not 11. Um, so that was... Okay, so just four. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. There's the difference. Yeah, so you bring in this... And the the swing felt weird, but you connected and you hit it square in the jaw 
and you feel your hand just sort of glide softly against its fluffy, furry interior. This is a stuffed bear. Yeah. And I think James just goes from confident to like just staring at his fist for a little bit. Um, Do I still get my second attack, I guess? You do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so instinctually then you bring up this other hit to try to connect with it. Uh, That's just going to be a 10. Okay. And so, but you're distracted and you sort of like glance away and the bear swats your hand out of the way. Agnes, you're up. James is really fucked up in his mind right now. Oh, okay. We're fighting a stuffed bear. Um, I think so. I, God, I don't think Agnes has ever punched anything before. Uh, there's been a few attempts to throw things. So, I mean, I guess and this is what a you said a 15 foot stuffed bear. Yeah, that's real. It's that's massive. like Effio Schwartz entrance kind of big. Uh, yep. I think what Agnes is going to try to do is, I mean, if, if it's a stuffed bear, that means that it can rip and it's 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 going after people with its little stuffed bear not little big stuffed bear claws um i'm going to specifically try to i guess like attack melee attack its arm specifically to try to get tear it off if i can okay physical attacks <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just rolled a two, so I'm pretty sure that's never going to make it. Okay, yeah, that's, that's like a five altogether. Okay, so describe what you're trying to do and how it fails because of your confusion with your new strength. Um, so I try to grab the bear by the, the wrist or, you know, the equivalent of a wrist on a giant stuffed bear. Uh, and I think my body just does isn't moving the way I'm used to it moving. Like it's faster and there was more power there. And that it it's it's honestly kind of frightening. Um because I don't know I don't know what it's capable of. I've had no chance to test it out on something in a safe environment. And so the hesitation kind of makes me fumble at the last second. Okay. And Ignacia, you're up. Okay, so bonus action. Mm-hmm. My, how far away is the bear from us in general? Because I'm right next to the axe, right? So okay. Yeah, close. It, um, Agnes went about 10 feet further. So she was about 20 feet uh, away from the girl and the bear. And the axe was about 10 feet behind her. Okay, so 10 feet. Cool. So yeah, the axe is going to float up and just try to cut down on the soft, scary creature. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, that is a 16. That hits. Okay. I was like, what is math? Uh, that's eight points of force damage. Okay. As my little axe just hits it. Um, my actual action is... Agnes, how are you looking? Not great. Part of it's probably psychological because I just got punched really bad by a stuffed mm-hmm, bear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, I'm at a six. 
Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to. Or wait, quick little mechanics question. Actually, am I at a six? Did, were we supposed to change our hit points based on our stat changes? Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, okay, shit. Then let me recalculate that. I'm better than I was, but still okay. kind of hurting. I I got a question for the GM while we're doing this. Um, so I'm looking at conjuring death ward, the fourth level abjuration. Okay. Um, it, since it lasts eight hours and I have the axe, will I have both friends with me the whole time, or um, or would the axe go away and the death ward appear? Because it's not a concentration spell, so I don't know how you wanna how you wanna work it. Yeah, no, death ward would um, would be in effect. And so the axe would go away, and then death ward would be there, or would they both be there? I don't. I don't think spiritual weapon is a concentration spell. Right? No, it lasts typically lasts for like a minute. So, however you're doing it now for. Oh yeah, no, you just have it. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna have two friends. <laughs> All right. So, oof. I think I think I'm gonna do this. Uh, do 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 do. Oh wait, nope. That's no. Wait, hold on. What am I saying? Death word isn't this thing. I'm thinking of guardian of faith. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Death word is uh, you touch a creature and grant it a measure of protection from death. Right. Yeah. So, so which are you casting? I don't know. <laughs> ah, I think I'm just gonna run up currently and just heal Agnes because. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna run up and do cast a uh, healing word at third level. Mm-hmm. So that's a three d eight. That's 22 points of healing. Okay. So um, I'm basically going to run up and uh, touch her, like, on her back. Just be like, we have this? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Agnes is so bewildered, but she just kind of is, like, nodding along. Like, yeah. 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 (laughs) And she's much better off now. And uh, Finn, we're back to you. I had, sorry, I had a 23 on the attack, and I rolled a 7 on the die, plus 5, 12. Awesome. Yeah, so you score another beautiful hit on this bear. Uh, and the, the holes that you're shooting into it seem to be singeing it a bit. Not just passing through, but actually like a, a burning where the bullet passes through. Is that because of am I imagining like the Sawyer think that's because of the uh, the Hellfire pistol or is that more of a that's just how things die around here in weird land? Uh, give me a quick perception check or investigation check. Oh, I rolled really high on the die. <laughs> For these types of rolls I don't normally do so well because I don't have any type of bonus to these. Uh, investigation minus one. Oh, well, it wasn't as good then. So 16. Okay, still good enough. You see where the axe went in is not burned in this way. None of the hits, uh, the the hit that uh, James landed hasn't burned this way. It's just the two bullets that you've shot. Okay. So the small girl looks up and sees that Ignacia has healed Agnes and looks confused. But then the the bear swings again, um, and it's coming for 
James and uh, James. Uh, and it's hitting an armor class of, uh, the lower one is 18. Okay, so you take 32 points of damage. Your boy ain't doing good. Well, I'm doing all right, 25. All right, uh, please make a con save. And when I say please make it, I mean please make a con yeah. save. Um, that's 17? That'll do. Okay. So as these things hit you, you feel for a moment the sort of soft exterior fur, but then it feels like the whole thing is stuffed with bricks just for a moment. It smashes into you with these two big paws that just sort of barrel down on your, on your back. And as it releases, you feel the sort of like softness of the bear come back, but the hit's already happened. Okay. And Finn, you're up. Natural 20. <laughs> Natural 20, all right. Rolling my damage here. Yeah, so roll your damage twice. I wish I could have a camera pointed at this. I rolled an eight, so it's max damage again. Okay. Okay, so one of yeah, so one of your damage rolls uh, is max. Roll a, roll that again. It explodes. So six. So that's fourteen uh, plus five. So nineteen on the first one. Okay. And two plus five, seven on the second. One. You only get so the you only get the plus five once. Oh, then uh, two more. So what did I say it was? The first one was nineteen. I think so. We'll say nineteen. Twenty-one then total. You, you guys need all the help you can get. Okay, so yeah, you send this shot that just blows right through this teddy bear um, and opens up uh, a hole bigger than the bullet. Um, none of you are quite sure how that's possible, but there's these little like singe marks and it's still hot. You can still see that it's like glowing around the, the eye that is mostly shot out now. And there's just sort of stuffing hanging in there. I think as, uh, so. So the first two shots landed, and he's watching this bear kind of pummeling his friend. So Sawyer, Sawyer takes a, trains a better shot with that one. Obviously, it does better. But he yells at Ignacia and says, um, "Why don't you? Why don't you send your axe right through there?" All right. So you feel something inside of you that you can give something up to make it easier for her to put that ax right where she wants to. Oh yeah, I, whatever, Okay, whatever it is. So mark one hit die spent. We have one of those per level? Yes. Okay. So you have six left at this point. Yeah. All right, Ignacia, as he says that, you feel this overwhelming sense of complete understanding of what he means. You feel deeply connected to him. You feel that that you could just do exactly what he's describing here. So when you attack, you're gonna have advantage on the attack. Did we determine where that last bullet went? Uh, it blew out most of his button eye. Yeah, sorry. It's teddy bear, man, Jesus. It's a 15 foot teddy bear mauling my friends. You're not wrong about that. Also, something crab walked earlier, and that's a thing that I don't deal well with, so... Okay. All right, uh, James, you're up. So, okay, I think James has punched to no real result. Been 
beaten down pretty hard and just heard them you know tell Ignacia to send her send send the axe through that same spot I don't I think James is in the I'm just gonna stay out of the way mode okay I think James is I mean gonna just lay I mean kind of <laughs> lay there and recuperate um so are you going on the defensive yeah yeah okay uh, so the bear will have disadvantage if it attacks you. Okay. All right. Um, Agnes, you're up. So what kind of shape is the bear in now? Like, does it seem like it still has some fight left in it or? Quite a lot of fight. Quite a lot of fight. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't seem at all bothered by having most of its eye blown out. Mm-hmm. So just to give a little peek into what's going on in Agnes's thoughts right now, her main concern is that in order to traverse this weird landscape successfully, what we're going to have to do is win Beatrice over, or at least have her not like fighting against us. And by fighting the teddy bear and destroying it, it's not going to be a very good signal to little baby Beatrice. So I think what I'm going to do right now is call out to Beatrice wherever she is Uh, in this mess and just say Beatrice please call off your bear we don't want to hurt him any more than we already have but we're going to have to if he keeps attacking us okay which uh, which skill are you using to make this happen let's go it has to be something that you are proficient or have expertise in Um, yeah let's do persuasion then That's 20 altogether. Okay. So you call out to Beatrice and the small girl sitting there looks up and and describe what you say that gets her attention. I think first I say, Beatrice, we're here to help you. Please don't make us hurt your bear anymore. She says, "I, how are you here? I don't... This couldn't, it couldn't be you. It must be a trick. This must be another trick. But you can tell she's got your attention and the bear's posture sort of slackens back a little bit and it's still on guard, but it's not as aggressive as it was before. Um, do I have a chance to respond? You can, but uh, that's your success for the skill challenge. Cool. Um, I will... Hold on till next time then. Okay. Ignacia, you're up. I think as um, since there's a quite a little bit of a pause between the bear attacking, I Ignacia's gonna slowly like stare at the bear and sort of side scoot over to James. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm not being aggressive and I'm not being really fast, but I'm just trying to get to my friend. And she's gonna side scoot over and um, just kneel down next to him and just put a hand on him and be like, and just do a healing words at level two uh, to make him feel better. And then- Thank you very much. I guess try to tell, and then she's just gonna look at the kit, um, Beatrice's younger self and be like, we, we honestly are trying to help you. Okay. She sees you heal your friend. She sees you not attack the bear and you wonder if that's because she could sense that you had a, a good understanding of how to attack it. Mm-hmm. And she seems to believe you. She 
she sort of cocks her head at you and looks at you quizzically and you notice that the bear sort of cocks its, cocks its head in a sort of mirrored kind of way. And that's 14 points of healing to James. And I'm not gonna attack right now with the axe, but it's, it's, it's there, but it's not gonna do anything. It like sort of stays within range. Finn, you're up. So when, when the axe doesn't go into the spot as he was kind of lining it up because he was going to shoot again right after, he, he takes just a moment, pause, and uh, I think he just says, um, I think he just says like like a, as a question, Ignacia? Like tra- he's trained on the same spot. He's going to pull the trigger unless you say something quickly that would not <laughs> make him pause. No, don't. We're not. Not yet. All right, so I think he's just going to hold that uh, pistol there, and if the bear moves, he's pulling the trigger. Okay. And that's uh, that would go for my next action, too, I suppose. Okay. So the, the bear is now looking at you, and you can tell it's confused as to why, if you have the shot, you're not taking it. It doesn't understand something not being aggressive towards it but it feels better about it. James, you're up. Mechanically, what this does for you is it gives you advantage on this roll because the bear is starting to trust you. A success is still a success, but a failure, since you have advantage, counts as two failures if you lose this bear's trust. I don't think James would attack at this point, like regardless of what just happened. I mean, even if he didn't get the sense from the others that attacking attacking might be the bad idea. I think James just shaking confidence and doesn't feel like he has much to contribute. So I think he's going to sit up and just kind of okay. you know, stay right there next to Ignacia. You know, if Ignacia is standing, he's going to stand up next next to Ignacia. Okay. So you, you stand up, but uh, how are you interacting with the bear? What What skill that you have proficiency in or expertise in are you using to engage with this bear in a more calming, passive way? I guess, could I use perception to kind of gauge, like, what's going on between the bear and uh, the young Beatrice? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, you could. Since it seems to kind of be mimicking a little bit of, of, of her movements and stuff. Yep. Well, that is a... That's a six total... But I get, do I get advantage, Brent? Advantage on this game. Uh, that's 15. Oh, God, that just makes it. Um, so you see this bear, and you're studying it. And for a moment, it turns almost aggressively towards you because it, and you've seen this look before. Uh, it's the look of something sizing someone up in response to them sizing up. And... But then it sees that you're just looking at it and that your posture is not aggressive and it relaxes. Um, Young Beatrice stands up and as you're looking back and forth between the two of them, she seems to be a few years older now. You aren't sure if it's just that she looked younger on the ground, but now she looks to be about 10 years old. I think James is is gonna say we're we're, we're not going to hurt your bear anymore. Beatrice responds in a, in a slightly older voice. 
you're tricking me. Everything here is trying to trick me. Everyone but Theodore. Everyone's trying to trick me. Uh, I think I think as a show, James, like, holds up the gloves and like, wills them away. Okay. As you put your hands up, the bear tenses, but then it sort of studies you. Do I get the sense that Theodore is the bear? Yes. Okay. So I don't I don't know how close you are to Beatrice. Um, in terms of having like seen her beloved childhood possessions, but you've definitely heard her talk about Theodore. Uh, okay. Of all the objects that have meaning and have value to her, Theodore is far and away the most important object to her. It's a bear that her parents gave her when she was six. I imagine I've probably been in her bedroom at some point or another and probably have seen it. Yeah. And so Theodore is this like, the way children stuffed animals are when they're so thoroughly beloved, like Theodore is this threadbare, like barely holding together bear that's been stitched up a bunch of times. But this is like pristine, brand new Theodore. I mean, now except for the bullet holes. <laughs> those bullet holes. <laughs> deal, we'll deal with those later. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, Agnes is up. Okay. Um. So I think. First, I say to Beatrice, we worked, we had, we worked very hard to get here to help you, and then I want to turn to Theodore and uh, outreach my hand as if to shake it, and say, "I'm sorry that we got off on the wrong foot, Theodore. I'm Agnes." Okay, what skill are you using? Um, that awesome. Hmm. I mean, that also feels like that also feels like persuasion to me. You have to do a different one since- I have to do a different one? Okay. Yeah, for a skill challenge, you need to cycle through. Got it. Uh, Once you run out of everything, if for some reason a skill challenge went on that long, which would be terrifically boring. Um, But yeah, it has to be a different one. Can I say it's psychology because I'm trying to kind of do a little, not trickery per se, but I'm trying to get inside the mind of child Beatrice. Yeah, like 50,000%, you can say that this is psychology. Cool. Because you're trying to act in a way that you think a 10-year-old girl would find comfort. Okay, so that was a 19 plus what? Uh, That's a uh, 23 altogether. Okay. So 23 altogether um, is a, a tremendous success. So the bear reaches out and you holds its paw up and you shake its hand and it feels so soft and so warm and you just feel love coming out, like just radiating from this bear. And it it sort of starts to bring you in for a hug. Oh, I'm totally hugging this bear. Okay. So this bear gives you the softest bear hug you've ever had. Um, and as you, and as it releases you, you look over and you see that Beatrice is about four years younger than she is now. Ignacia, you're up. Looking at the bear and then looking at Beatrice um, and seeing it hug Agnes, a little concerned, but sees it's lovingly. So she's like, okay, this is great. Um, she looks at Beatrice and she's like, I'm sorry that we wounded him. Do you mind if I try to help with what we've done? She nods. So Ignacia moves closer 
and puts a gentle hand on a fuzzy arm and casts cure wounds on the teddy bear. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna do you a favor as a GM. Use your use your lightest healing spell. Um, that's a cure wounds level one. So okay, level one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as you cast it, the all of the holes mend themselves. You see the stuffing start filling in, and the bear's eye repairs, and the bear goes back to normal. It pads back over to Beatrice, who's now her full age. She looks exactly like the Beatrice you know in the real world. Um, and it it stands next to her. Um, as it's crossing towards her, though, she's coming over to you. And Agnes, she throws her arms around you and starts sobbing. But it's it sobs of relief. I'll hug her um, and kind of like try to stroke her hair to calm her down a little bit if possible. It works. She's a little bit incoherent at first, but uh, eventually she's able to answer your questions. Um, I think the first thing I want to ask is, what's the first thing that you remember when you got here? She says, I, I was in my dress and I, I looked in the mirror and I saw myself the way that William would see me for the first time. And I thought that I looked beautiful and then I thought that maybe I wasn't beautiful enough but it wasn't like I was asking myself that it was like something else said that and then I started seeing everything wrong with me and then I was here I'm sorry that you went through that she says, how, how can we, what do we do now? How, how did you get here? It was a bit complicated. Uh, and I like, I turned to look at the others. <laughs> Cause like, it's been, it's been a trip. Um, there are people helping us, waiting for us back at the church. Yeah, it was church, mm -hmm. the wedding's happening in churches, yes. Um, including well actually I don't know how much I should say but I'll just say there are people waiting for us um that thing that voice that you described that's what we're up against here she says I've seen everything I've remembered things that I only vaguely remembered it I've experienced all of the worst moments of my life thousands of times. But now you're here. Now we have to try to find a way out. Okay, sister. And I think I'm going to turn to Ignacia because, like, Agnes at this point realizes, like, this is obviously happening on some level. She's not going to say that, but... <laughs> so This is just, like, beyond... Like, this is the first time... Well, no. Talking to the dead person is probably the first time that it really kind of struck home that this is real, but this is the second time, then, that she's willing to admit that maybe she should have paid attention more to all the magic stuff, because, like, if she had 
absorbed some of that information. Maybe she'd know better what to do right now. Because uh, up until now, it's all just been... She's been reading it like it's all fiction or like people's weird theories. Uh, and so now Ignacia is the person who she's turning to for answers. Is she just going to look at her or is she going to ask her something or... Oh, no, she's just looking at you like, help. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so Ignacia's going to walk over and uh, pat Beatrice gently on the... Sh- not pat, but like, you know, just give her like a nice shoulder shoulder rub and she's gonna look at Beatrice and be like we're going to handle what's happening here but do you do you know have you where do I begin um oh can you point us in a direction where some of this some of these feelings are coming from some of this energy that you're having maybe once we're we, we can find it we can disperse it she says um I, I hear this 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 laugh. When I came in, I heard this laugh, and it was the worst thing I've ever heard. And I tried to block it out, but it got louder and louder. And then I relived all the worst moments of my life. My, again and again. And you see Theodore move over to her, wrap its arms around her. Um, and in doing so sort of pushes the rest of you away. Um, and she said, and that's when Theodore appeared and he, he helped and I stopped hearing the laughter, but I keep seeing my mother in the hospital and my father crying. I keep seeing the worst thing that ever happened to me. I would like to... Okay, what kind of role would this be? So what I want to do, it would be helpful if I had something like detect good and evil or magic or whatever. Uh, but I... You can ask me to do both of those and I can do those for you. I could, but I don't want Beatrice to hear what I'm about to say. I want to maybe roll insight if possible to try to see what there is about... Like, I want to basically make sure that Theodore isn't the Red Death. Uh, like, doing a very no. good... <laughs> Don't make Theodore the Red Death. To ask me mentally. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. I will turn to Ignacia, make eye contact, and try to ask, uh, could you please suddenly look at Theodore and tell me if there's anything we should be concerned about? Okay, you're able to do that. Um, you hear her voice in your head almost as though she's talking to you. Um, Ignacia blinks and just looks at her, but nods. And um, I'm going to detect uh, detect evil in the area. So um, basically under her breath, she's going to just breathe the bit and, you know, say those words that she needs to say. Um, mm-hmm and then just go off the the emotions and feelings that she feels within her body. Okay. As soon as you cast the spell, you almost immediately throw up. Um, Okay. You you turn in time, uh, and as you do, it just disappears. But you're overwhelmed by the evil surrounding you, almost crushing in from the outside. 
as you get your bearings, though, you realize that you're in a, a small pocket of, of light, that the people around you are good, um, but the thing radiating the most goodness here is Theodore. It's just this 15-foot beacon of hope and goodness. And as you sort of, you instinctually press into him and feel his soft fur like press against your face and your your stomach calms itself and you know that this bear's okay i think everybody does see ignacia like react though like oh yeah they definitely see throw <laughs> yeah <laughs> as this happens you all start to hear from the edges of the the mists a sort of skittering sound sound like nails on tile scratching and clacking towards you the red death is morgan nuncio as ignacia cleo yansu davis as agnes Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Role to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RollToPlayNetwork.com And do join us next time if you dare.